Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host, James, and today we are going over the episode The Hedgehog and the Plastic Bubble. So it begins at Blythe's apartment. Blythe is getting ready for school when she gets a video call from young me about the latest Fergus and Annabelle book, which I think uh, one of the books was talked about in um, Sweet Pepper. So, if I didn't mention it there, this is the Twilight ripoff I was thinking of in, um, all the way back in, uh, Rustle Up Some Fun. Although, maybe they're competing in this universe? Who knows? There's, there's gonna be a lot of wild theories at the end of this. Buck wild. <laughs> anyway, uh, Blythe is putting on a sweater over her, um... Her shirt and uh, gets frizzy hair from it because it looks to be really staticky and kind of 80s like. So uh, Minka and Zoe are also there watching all of this. So as Blythe is putting on her sweatshirt and combing her hair from the static electricity, Young Me explains the premise of the new Fergus and Annabelle book. Young Me explains that Prince Skeezius is back. And has infected Annabelle with something that makes her a vampire that can only come out at night. Blythe says that he should be put back into, like, space prison or something. I, I don't know exactly. Meanwhile, one of Skeezius's gloombots bit Fergus so he becomes a zombie, but a special kind of zombie that only comes out during the day. Oh, Jeez. Okay, this episode is also really dumb, but I love it. Because it's intending to be dumb. Anyway, Blythe makes a comment that this is a zombire story, and that those are so totally hot right now. <laughs> like, just, just, like, think, think about it. Zompire. Like, I don't... It's so dumb, but I love it. Oh, God. It's just, like, it's it's the level of dumb where it's intentionally dumb, and it's on dumb. It's not, like, like it, trying to take itself seriously. It's It's doing the opposite. It's trying to be the least serious about this dumb zombie thing as possible while everyone else takes it seriously. And I love that type of uh, humor. I love, like, putting something at its extreme and, like, seeing people treat it like it's normal. <laughs> That's... That is hilarious to me, and this episode is hilarious as a result. <laughs> so, Young Me continues to explain... That, uh, Annabelle and Fergus couldn't possibly be together no matter how much they and their friends try to make it work. Which they both awe at. And I still, I still think that it's probably a better book than Romeo and Juliet as, as a play. I'm not the biggest fan of Romeo and Juliet. It's kinda dumb. It's kinda dumb. Anyway, so, and now, 
Youngmi goes on to say that uh, Skeezius thinks that he can now hypnotize Annabelle into loving him. And that the only thing that Annabelle has to ward off his advances is a song that she and Fergus recorded while Fergus was turning into a zombie, which makes Skeezius melt. Like, there's, like, there's, like, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no, there's nothing I can do to make that funnier than it already is. Cause, cause it's so hyperbolic. I love it. Anyway, Young Me offers a download of the book, which Blythe agrees to take. Hopefully it's a legal download, but I think it is. Anyway, so Young Me sends Blythe an MP3 of the song that they're using for the movie, which is already happening as well. For this book that seemed to have just came out. Either way, uh, Blythe plays it, and it's kind of a gritty rock song about being together forever. And like Annabelle <laughs> is uh, singing it, and like it's it's like gritty. And then Mink and Zoe are confused by this, and then Fergus's <laughs> part comes in. And because he's turning into a zombie, it's just... And that freaks them out. <laughs> Meanwhile, Blythe and Youngmi are just enjoying this <laughs> And, oh, it's just amazing. It's just amazing how much this is, like, like parody of, like, Twilight Fever, I guess. Oh, goodness. Anyway. Anyway. So, Blythe, like, flips her hair a little bit. And then we see something that was seemingly blocked by the hair. A, a few blemishes on her forehead. Young Me takes notice of this and says that Blythe is becoming a zompire. Which... Yeah, like one becomes a vampire and one becomes a zombie, or like would they would they have kids like that? I don't think they would have kids like that. Would that they, they don't? Huh? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna think on this. And that she okay. So back to the episode. Young me does not want to catch whatever Blythe has because she has a test today. Uh, so she hangs up, and Zoe asks what's up with uh, young me, and Blythe says that she's just being weird. Blythe goes to check on a medical website, and Blythe looks up three dots in a triangle on forehead. The medical website lists this as a symptom of a disease called Jerryberry. Now, I... I Tried looking up to see if that's a real thing, but, um, no, it, it doesn't look like it, and I thought it wasn't, I was like 80% sure, now I'm like 90% sure, because Jerry Berry is the name of a few other things, 
Unless I'm not typing it in right, because it's a medical thing? That's the, that's the thing I'm hung up on. Like, is it Jerry Berry like Tom and Jerry Strawberry? Like that? Or is it like a weird, like, derived from a romance language? Jerry Berry or something. I don't know. A lot of English medical terms come from, like, French, I think. There's, like, stomach is French. I don't know. It's weird. So, Minka points out that Jerry Berry does indeed sound delicious, but Blythe continues to read the symptoms and finds that it goes to sensitivity delight, loss of hearing, and finally... (laughs) (laughs) So, we scroll down, and we see just a skull and crossbones, and Blythe goes, gasp! And Minka and Zoe say, gasp! Ah, like, this, this is a lot more ridiculous than just saying death. On the show. Like, like I mean, I guess we're already in the realm of ridiculous. But still, this is a different type of ridiculous. This is the type of ridiculous where they think they're being fine, but they're not. Instead of, you know, a Romeo and Juliet zompire story that all the teens are into... So, uh, Zoe asks if it's contagious, and Blythe says, very. And Zoe and Minka run off, and Blythe mentions how this is so very tragic. Uh, and at this point, the theme song happens, which I think is probably one of the longest, uh, opens for the show. Um, is it a cold open if it's not? Okay, hold on. I need to know what a cold open is exactly. Because, like, I think of a cold open, like, like in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where it doesn't or barely relate to the rest of the episode, and it's just a little skit all on its own. But, like, these opens aren't cold. They seem more hot in that they relate to at least one aspect to the remainder of the episode. So I'm going to go check that out for a bit. So a cold opening is just something that appears before the title sequence. So, I mean, I guess that makes this a cold open. So the, the term cold in this sense means unexpected as you can see in other phrases like cold turkey or cold call and it originated with the cold call because that's like business jargon for people who call up unexpectedly to sell you something like they have no connection the connection is not warm they're cold they're distant so I guess it's 
an unexpected opening, but it's kind of expected for some shows. Like, like we expect the Saturday Night Live cold open. If we didn't, that would be actually cold. If it started hot, it would actually be cold. You know? Language is weird. <laughs> so, back to the episode. Russell is in a blindfold trying to find everyone in a game of blindfold tag. Penny and Sunil inform him that he is not close at all, but Russell turns around and runs after them, talking about triangulating their position from, like, vectors. But they move out of the way, and Russell runs into a wall. So, Zoe and Minka then rush in, saying that it's horrible, and that it is too tragic for Zoe to express by words. She can only express herself through dance! And Zoe starts dancing her sad feelings, and Sunil picks up on these sad and terrible feelings, and Minka says that Blythe has Harry Larry! Zoe corrects her to Jerry Berry, but Minka thinks it's Terry Scary, and Zoe corrects her again. Vinny, in all of this, says, I don't know what any of those mean, so I'm going to assume that they're all bad. Russell says that they should help Blythe, even if we can't see her, but he's still blindfolded and wandering around, and everyone is laughing at him. And then he accidentally pokes Penny with one of his quills, and Russell takes off his blindfold and apologizes. Pepper points out that this has been happening a lot recently. Russell is offended and asks for proof, and everyone turns around to show them bandages on their backs from where Russell uh, struck them with his quills. And Russell stands corrected in all of this. Minka takes the quill that was just in Penny and adds it to her growing quill collection because of how often Russell's quills have been popping out. Russell is confused about this sudden, rapid loss of quills, and Penny says that it's okay, but Russell vows never to let it happen again. And as he does, a bunch of quills come flying out, and everyone backs up, and Russell says, Oh, come on! So Roger is checking in on Blythe and asks, What do you mean you need to be quarantined? <laughs> Blythe explains that after 24 hours, she'll know if she has Jerry Berry. Roger asks if he heard Cherry Derry, but Blythe says Jerry Berry. She says she's already sensitive to light, you know, because she's in her room and has turned all the lights off. And now she can't hear. Roger points out that it might be the ski cap she's wearing. Blythe takes it off and says, yeah, no, I can hear better. <laughs> Roger asks how she thinks she got this disease. And Blythe says that maybe it was that candy you brought back from that strange foreign land. Roger says, you mean England? Blythe, that was gum. But Blythe is still suspicious and says it's strange English gum. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <sighs> Hold on. Just to let you know, I am over my cold. I think this is a different cold. I don't know. 
I don't know why I still have this tickle in my throat when I'm doing this and laughing. But I don't think it's anything else. So anyway, uh, Roger says that if she's not feeling well, she should stay home. And that he has some meetings to attend to at the airport in the morning, but will be back at lunch to check in. So Blythe is worried and wants something else to do besides worry. She says she misses the pets and thinks that they're probably having fun. Meanwhile, everyone but Russell is in a meeting worried about Russell's shedding of quills. And uh, it accumulates into Penny saying, I, for one, vow never to be stuck by one of his quills ever again. Unless we all vote for that to happen. Pepper says, none of that... None of us want that to happen, Penny Ling. I just hope Russell doesn't do something extreme. So Russell then comes out all covered in red paint, and Minka thinks that it's a sunburn. Russell explains that he painted himself red because red is a danger color, so everyone knows to stay away. But Zoe investigates Russell and gets struck by one of his quills, and Russell apologizes and then asks, didn't you see the red? Zoe replies, I'm a dog. I don't see red well. And Minka takes another quill for her collection. Now, here's a theory I want to bring up. So, I just thought of it for this episode, but I can apply, like, all the way back and all the way forward. And maybe for other media. So, my theory is that they make jokes like this about Zoe being colorblind and Zoe's other dog features because those features are well common and well noted, but uh like the physiology of like a hedgehog who is also kind of colorblind because they're nocturnal and don't really need to see bright vibrant colors that much or maybe it's the opposite where they do see bright vibrant colors because they're in the dark and bright vibrant colors lead them someplace or tell them about danger or something along the sort anyway my theory is that russell in this show isn't colorblind and neither are most of the other pets It's just that Zoe gets stuck with her dog features because she's evolved with humans so much because, like, dogs evolve with humans a lot. There's, like, really not a lot of species that are as interconnected as humans and dogs. And that because of that, her transition into a more human-like state is taking slower than it would for less common house pets like um, hedgehogs or monkeys or pandas even. So they're they're more adapting, but dogs have been dogs forever. So that's just my theory, and maybe that explains why Pluto is still a dog, even though he's owned by a mouse. Or that explains why, like, Pal is owned by a family of aardvarks? Yeah, aardvarks. Yeah, they're, they're aardvarks.
So, anyway, back to the episode. Russell freaks out and runs off. Zoe freaks out about Blythe and Russell, the only way she knows how. Dancing! And she dances again, and Pepper, Sunil, Vinny, and Penny roll their eyes at this. The rest of the pets want to make a get-well-soon card for Blythe. Minka says that they could use one of Russell's quills as a pen. Pepper sees something in the main area, and the pets go to investigate because of this. It is a tower of boxes, and Minnie says that this neighborhood is changing all the time. Russell, from inside the tower, says he created this to keep himself in and everyone else out. Minka tries climbing it, but it goes all the way to the ceiling, so she just bumps her head on it and then just falls down. And Minka says, yep, all good. Penny asks if uh, Russell has food, and Russell says no, but he demonstrates how he can get some by opening a box in the tower and saying, you can slide this on over to me. Sunil is impressed by this and tries to get in, but Russell tries to stop him. He gets in, but loosens one of the boxes and makes the whole tower fall. When everyone pops up from the wreckage, Russell asks Sunil if he's all right. Sunil says he is, but... A quill got Sunil, and Minka goes out and takes it. Sunil chastises Russell for not accommodating his oversized cranium, and Russell thinks nothing's working. So Penny suggests going to Blythe with this, but Pepper reminds her of the Jerry Berry, and Penny is worried about both of them, but then Russell walks out covered in bubble wrap, saying, It will protect everyone and keep his quills from falling out. Uh, Russell invites Minka to test it out, and uh, Minka goes out of control with the bubble wrap. Pepper compliments him for coming up with an idea that's actually good. However, it fails as soon as everyone else smells mid-morning snack, and Russell is knocked over. He can't get up and is hungry. Meanwhile, Blythe is bored and worried... She then goes to download the book and begin reading it. She feels a connection to Annabelle right away, being isolated from the things that she truly loves. Uh, okay. Okay, so so I'm going back to the train metaphor for a bit. Uh, we're, we're, we're gonna have to wait until we hit, like, Twist Station to explain this, but, uh... Uh, I am cracking up inside. I am cracking up. So, we cut back to the littlest pet shop, and Russell is taking off his bubble wrap, and everyone gets back from mid-morning snack. Minka said she was going to bring some, but she ate it. Russell instructs them to stay back, and Russell tells them that none of his solutions have worked, and all they get him is either more quills or hungry. And Russell fears that the only way to solve this is by leaving the littlest pet shop forever. The pets are very worried about this, and they just try to go to Blythe right away. However, they find that the opening to the dumbwaiter is shut by use of a bowling ball tied to it so you can't pull it up, or, you know, pets can't. And, um, 
I mean, I guess Russell could, but, you know, he's having his own problems right now. So they call out to Blythe and ask her to open it. Blythe says, sure, but then, but then, Blythe changes her mind and fears of infecting them. And then she accuses them of being Princess Skeezius. Or, yeah, Skeezius. Or his Gloombots imitating her friends. The pets are very confused about what's going on. They tell her about Russell. And Blythe says, I want to see Fergus too. His rotting flesh and his melted eyes. But I can't. If only I knew I could trust you. Oh, goody. We're, we're back to this glorious nonsense. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> the pets are very confused, and Minka tries with, like, Blythe, Blythe, Bo, Blythe, Banana, Fana, Fo, Blythe. But uh, it doesn't work, and Minka stops. Blythe accuses them of being Prince Skeezius again, and they get more confused, and Zoe says, We're not Prince anybody. And Blythe replies, That's just what a Gloombot would say. And uh, um, and then sends them away. Vinny says that Blythe has gone Demetrius. Zoe corrects him to Delirious, but Vinny says that he has an iguana friend named Demetrius and that every time he gets sick, he gets all loopy and they call it going Demetrius. Blythe goes back to reading her book and it talks about how Annabelle's isolation and how it relates to her. It then goes into a fantasy where she is Annabelle and the pets are her friends. That part's not a fantasy, but it's it's part of the fantasy that they're her space friends. Or, yeah, space friends, because th- it, it takes place in space, I think, because, like, that's how it mentioned um, in, uh, in uh, Sweet Pepper. And the Russell is Fergus. And here, in note-taking, I realized that Russell's last name is Ferguson. So, so, it's, it's layered? There's, there, there are layers to this. It's not just that. Uh, Blythe and Russell are in a similar set of isolation, and it's being tied to this zompire romance book. But there's there's an actual connection because Russell's last name is Ferguson. Holy Cripoli! How deep does this proverbial rabbit hole go? So, so Zoe calls out to Annabelle, and Annabelle responds by saying she doesn't want to give her friends her illness. And calls out Prince Skeezius, if that is him out there. Pepper comments that she really has gone Demetrius. And when he's like, told you so. So Zoe plans to break in a different way to get her attention. Their first plan is to lower Vinny down with use of a rope to Blythe's window. Sunil is worried... But Vinny says not to worry because he's got sticky feet and has climbed over walls before. So Zoe 
tells him to just get to the window and stop talking. Vinny says, it's just all rush, rush, rush. So Vinny walks up while Blythe is reading about the precautions Annabelle has taken. But that maybe she forgot something. Oh my goodness. As Vinny reaches Blythe's window, it transitions into the fantasy. Vinny taps on the window and asks for help. And Annabelle says, The window! Prince Skeezius could come flying in on a gloombot! I am sorry, my friend, if that is you, but a lifetime of sadness is my destiny! <laughs> Holy crap! Oh. Uh, oh, uh, like, it, it takes a special kind of writer to write a line like that. Like, it's, it's like, so well done and like how stupid it is. It, it's, it's very much supposed to be stupid. And it's, it works. Oh my goodness. Like, I just, it's, it's very overly dramatic and like you, you have to like land that like perfectly because like if you go too far overboard like it it just like you know disconnects but if you don't go far enough it just makes it think that you actually like twilight and if the objective is to make fun of twilight then it doesn't do a great job but that sweet spot is where this episode practically lives, and I just love it. So, Vinny falls, but he uh, is on a rope, and everyone pulls him back up. Now, Annabelle is worried about her isolation, and her friends, and Fergus. She hears the pets coming through the vents, and she thinks that this is Prince Skeezius, for only he would do something this devious. The pets are discussing uh, where they are in the vent and what their order is. And uh, Zoe's like, I would tell you, but I can't see because Penny Ling's in the front and blocking me. And Penny's like, I can't help it. I'm big bone. Pepper says that she should have been in the front, but Vinny disagreed because he's been behind her before and that it's not great. So... <clears throat> uh, Minka sees a light and charges ahead, but Annabelle plays the song that she and Fergus recorded and <laughs> drives the pets off because it's just the <laughs> part. And the pets do not like it. Vinny is even more upset because now he's behind Pepper again and Pepper is stinking up the place. And Pepper says, it's a flight response. What do you want? Annabelle says that it worked at keeping the prince at bay, but it only solidified her isolation. She says she hungers for Fergus, which I guess is fine in the book, but it's a, li it's a little weird in this context. Although this is just her imagination getting out of hand. Her stomach growls and notes that she is also hungry for ramen, but then asks, Do I dare break myself in post-isolation for food? Her stomach growls again and she's like, Alright, I'll get it. She then leaves, smells ramen, looks down, and the pets have prepared it for her and are standing outside the door. 
Pepper says, told you this would get her out. Blythe turns around and hits her head on the wall. They ask if she's alright, and Blythe says she's fine and just got a little carried away with the book she's reading. Zoe says that they'll keep their distance because of the cherry berry, and asks for her help with Russell. Then he says that they are just accidents, that Russell keeps hitting everyone with his quills, but Russell wants to leave forever. Blythe tells them that she would like to come down, but uh, it wouldn't be good. So instead she tells them to tell him that it's not good to isolate yourself because sometimes things aren't as they appear, and that an accident doesn't mean that you're dangerous. Penny says, see that, Vinny? Vinny retorts with, hey, you almost burned my nostrils. I call that dangerous. So, in the pet shop, Russell is packing up a little bindle and wondering if he should stay to say goodbye to everyone, but he says no, and it's probably better that way. He tries to leave, but the rest of the pets stop him. They begin their TED talk on how anyone can be dangerous on accident. Vinny begins talking on how his tail could break off at any minute and fly around and cause chaos. <sighs> Just then, it happens like he said it would, and it hits a cage and it begins to fall. Russell rushes to save Penny, who is under the cage, and he gets her out of there. And Zoe says, I thought we weren't going to do anything dangerous. And he says, I wasn't, it was just an accident. Penny thanks Russell and tries hugging him, but Russell is still paranoid about his quills coming off. And Penny says that it's no fun thanking someone if you can't hug them. So Roger checks in on Blythe, and Blythe says that she's not feeling all right. Roger asks, what makes you think you have this jerry-berry thing? Blythe says, uh, the internet, and Roger says he's coming in and asks about her symptoms. Blythe explains that whenever I stare at the computer screen for more than a few hours, my eyes dry up and I get a headache, and then there are these blotches. Roger sees the blotches and starts laughing. Blythe says that this is serious, and Roger apologizes and says, that Jerry Berry probably is serious, but what you have is not. What you have are pimples. And Blythe is like, what? Uh? Roger continues and says that everything else is just due to sitting in front of the computer for too long. He then says, congratulations on your first breakout. Feel like an ice cream sundae? Blythe responds, actually, I feel like a dork. I wonder if I'm not the only person who has the wrong information about what they're going through. Russell still thinks that it's better for him to just leave. However, Blythe comes down and stops him. Apparently, Blythe did some digging on the internet? I mean, I did this when uh, like I had to talk about this. But, I mean, it seems weird that like the internet got her into this jerry berry business but you know the first thing she looks up about hedgehogs is correct it's just it's just a tad weird uh, <laughs> i'm still just thinking about the you know what i i'll explain it later 
but like the whole the whole they were just pimples thing. It's just too funny. Anyway, Blythe points out that Russell is going through quilling. It is a temporary thing that all hedgehogs go through. And like I said, it's temporary. And it just turns out that they were both making things worse for themselves than they needed it to be. Russell asks, uh, like, if she doesn't have Jerry Berry. And Blythe says that they're pimples, which are also temporary. And that the important thing is that there is no danger for anyone, including Fergus and Annabelle, because things worked out for them. But we don't know how. So, are there zombier children? Out of a zombier romance? Or... Do they get turned back because it's weird alien tech? The world may never know. So uh, the pets take out some bubble wrap and begin popping it. And Russell and Blythe have a go at popping it at the same time. And uh, that's where the episode ends. But I I have a few other rants. I am backloading my rants now so so quilling does happen in hedgehogs but at first it's at six to eight weeks old and then at four months old and that in a relative to our life cycle this corresponds to the terrible twos and adolescents respectively so, this answers a few questions I have had. First, if it links to adolescence, and presumably this is the uh, version that Russell's has taken because he probably wouldn't remember being especially young, that means that they're both adolescents and Russell's not an adult trying to hit on teenage girl. The whole Blythe Russell thing is still weird, but if we're talking about an episode that reinforces it, it's good to know that it's not creepy weird, it's just odd weird, if you know what I mean. So secondly, this confirms my theory that I mentioned earlier that common pets like dogs are slower at evolving into the more human-like features than less common pets due to them being so close to humans for so long. So there's that. And like I said, it could explain all anthropomorphic universes where they still have dogs and stuff because they're just that close. And... The other thing I would like to ask before I properly end the episode is that um do would kids fall for that twist? Cuz like I mean I knew right away that those were just pimples and that Blythe was getting the wrong information from not webmd and 
Like, but, like, I was, like, 21, 20 when this episode came out, because my birthday hadn't happened yet. And so, like, I know what pimples were, because I was dealing with them, and I know what they were like, but with kids who don't know what this is, like, fall for this? Like, because, like, I remember them, like, as a kid being, like, points on other shows or books or comics or whatever I read. And, like, like, I would know them that way, but, like, if this is someone's first show or piece of media that would reference pimples, would that fool them? I don't know. This is a confusing thing. And... It's also just really funny just seeing the episode like like you know that those are pimples and Blythe is just making a big deal out of nothing. That that that's what makes it funny to me. It's it's so hilariously stupid and like that's how that's how I think the episode is most of the time. It's like it's very intentionally hilariously stupid with like this whole business of like poking fun at twilight i think and like this whole business of like isolation being terrible and it's really really weird and uh it's just it's just funny to me like cuz cuz like the satire also makes it work cuz it's like like i said at the beginning it's this level of satire where you just like crank everything up to 11 but pretend everything is a 5 in universe that that just makes the 11 seem more like 15 and you know it works and yeah as much as it does weird me out like it also does a good job at the Blythe and Russell thing. As much as that weirds me out, it's just... It is weird. And, um... You know, that that's just... That. And that will do it for this episode of the Littlest Petcast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when uh, they can't be with the one they love anymore because they're a zombie and their vampire girlfriend locked themselves in their chambers alone and sad. And to be sure to tune in next time for the episode Stand Up Stinker, and I will see you then.